Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. You all get extra points today. Well done on being here on time. You set your clocks back. You've made it. Uh, If you see anyone coming in a little later as we're leaving the service, be kind to them. Uh, Remember that they're good people too. (laughs) I read a story recently about about a little boy uh, who, who was scared of the dark. Uh, it reminded me of my own little boy who often is scared of the dark. Uh, his mother wanted him to help her with cleaning up after dinner, and so she asked him if he would go out back behind the house onto the porch and, and bring in the broom so that they could clean up the kitchen. And the little boy said to his mother, Mom, I, I don't want to go out there. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm scared of the dark. And she said, you don't you don't need to be afraid, son. Uh, She said, everything will be all right when you go out there. Uh, She said, and if you're worried, just remember that Jesus is with you. And the little boy thought for a few seconds. And then he said, are you sure Jesus is, is out there? And she said, yes, Jesus is with you wherever you are. All you need to do is ask him uh, to be with you and he will be there. And so the little boy walked to the back door and he sort of cracked it open and peered out and he said, Jesus, if you're out there, please bring in the broom for my mother. (laughs) I think that's a bit of what's happening in a more serious way uh, in our reading today from John chapter 11. Mary and Martha, Lazarus's sisters, they are asking essentially that very same question, Jesus are you out there, Jesus? Where are you? We're hearing only a really small portion of what's one of my favorite stories in all of the New Testament, this story of the, the raising of Lazarus. So we're hearing just the, the end of it today. But it starts all the way back at the beginning of chapter 11. If you've not read the story before or if it's, if it's been a while since you've read the story, go home uh, after church today and pick up your Bible and start at the beginning of John chapter 11. It's 44 verses long. It'll take you three minutes to read and just be amazed at the story. It's, it's a powerful story. Uh, it's a moving story. It's a heartbreaking story, I think. And it's, it's heartbreaking because all of us, in some way or another, can relate to Martha and Mary. The story starts with Martha and Mary sending word to Jesus. He's not in Bethany He's away teaching, and they send word to him, and they say, Jesus, please come. Your friend Lazarus, our brother, is sick. And Jesus, for whatever reason, doesn't go. He he delays his visit to them. He waits a little while. And when he finally makes his way to Bethany a couple of days later, the text says that Lazarus had already been dead for four days. And as he's, he's making his way to their house, John says that Martha runs out to meet him before he can even get there. And she says to him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. 
It's sort of a, a heartbreaking thing to read and to hear Martha say those words. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. So many of us, I think, pray a very similar prayer. I know I pray a very similar prayer very often in my own life. God, God, where are you? Lord, if you had only been here, fill in the blank, this, this thing wouldn't have happened to me. My family member wouldn't have died. My friend wouldn't have got sick. I wouldn't have lost my job. Lord, where, where were you? Where are you? It's interesting to read this story. I'm always amazed how the lectionary uh, al- aligns up, lines up in a really... Uh, a, a really powerful way with all that's happening in the world around us. And so it's really interesting to read this story a week out from uh, uh, the shootings that happened in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Uh, it's interesting to hear this story and to ask those very same questions. I found myself doing that this past week as I was saying my own prayers. God, where were you? God, why, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you help those people. I found myself over and over again crying out to God in that way as I know lots of people have. And so we can relate, I think, to Martha and to Mary and to what they were going through. What I know and what I, what I believe about all that happened in Pittsburgh and, and all of the other tragedies and evils that we might face in our life is that, that God is indeed with us, that God was there with those folks uh, in Pittsburgh as they gathered in that house of worship to pray and to sing and to serve each other. God, God was there with them. God was there mourning with them. God was there weeping with them, just as Jesus in this text for today weeps whenever he learns that his friend Lazarus has died. God, God is always there with us. Bishop Robinson, Gene Robinson, I don't know if any of you all listened to his sermon that he preached about a week ago uh, at the Matthew Shepherd Interment at the National Cathedral. It's a powerful sermon. I'd encourage you to go and to listen to it. You can find it online uh, on their YouTube page. And at one point in the sermon, he was talking about how when they found uh, Matthew Shepherd, and remember he died about 20 years ago, he was killed, pistol whipped in, in Wyoming, tied to a fence. Uh, a brutal, hate-filled attack on this young man. And he told the story that when the the first police officer went there to find him, uh, when she approached the fence and saw him there hanging on the the fence, uh, she said that there was a a deer that was sitting next to his body. Uh, And this police officer said that when she approached Matthew's body, uh, this deer looked into her eyes, and then he ran off, he ran away. And the police officer said, I know that that was God. I know that the good Lord was with him. And Bishop Robinson said, that's right. God was always with Matthew, just as God is always with us as we go through the ups and the downs of life. God is with us God loves us. And so that's important for us to remember as we hear this story today and as we think about our own trials, our own tribulations, those things that we face in our lives. God is always present. God is always with us. The story goes on. We hear the ending of it today. Jesus after he makes his way to the house, 
he decides that he wants to go to the tomb where Lazarus has been, has been placed. Uh, and Martha, she's, she's not sure that this is a wise thing to do. He's already been dead for four days, Jesus. Uh, his body stinks. There's a, a terrible stench, she says. But he says, take me anyway. I want to go. And so they go out there. And when the crowds are gathered around with Jesus, he gives them this really powerful command. And I, I noticed it in a, in a striking way this past week. Uh, after the, the stone is rolled away, after he speaks into the tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. He turns to the crowd, all of those gathered together, and he says to them, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. It's an invitation to them. It's a, a command, but it's also an invitation for each one of them to be involved in this mighty act that is taking place. It's an invitation for them to be involved in this resurrection work that Jesus is doing. It's an invitation for each one of them to be a part of God's plan for the world. And it's the same invitation that God, that our Lord, gives to each one of us. Unbind them and let them go. He calls us to be out in the world doing that work in whatever way we can. We're called to be liberators. We're called to be those who set the oppressed free. We're called to be those who give sight to the blind. We're called to unbind the world and let it go, to remind the world that it is loved by God. Today's All Saints Sunday. We're remembering in lots of different ways all of the the saints, the wonderful people who have lived and died, all of those people who have gone before us. We've got a list of names in the bulletin of of folks from this congregation, loved ones and former parishioners uh, who we're remembering on this day. We're remembering the the superheroes and superheroines of the faith like James and Joseph and Peter and Paul and Mary and and on and on the list goes. That's an important part of what we do today, remembering those saints who have gone before us. One of my favorite saints is a, a woman I've never met. Uh, her name is Mary Joseph Tinball. I've never met her before. Uh, she lived long before I uh, have lived. Uh, she is remembered in All Saints Chapel at Sewanee, where I went to seminary, with a, a little plaque, a little tablet that's on the wall. Uh, and I think about it often, but I think about it especially on All Saints Day. Uh, on the plaque, it says, In loving memory of Mary Joseph Tinball, born June 7, 1843, died February 12, 1903. The part that I, I remember, though, the part that I love and I think about all the time is after all of that, at the very bottom, it says, She hath done all that she could. And I think that's a great motto for All Saints Day. Saints doing all that they can. We're remembering all of those saints today. But the flip side, the flip side of that coin is that each one of us gathered here, as we sang just a few minutes ago, we, we are saints too. And we're called by Jesus to do all that we can. That's the calling. That's the vocation that each one of us is given by uh, when we are baptized. And we're getting ready to baptize three more today. James, 
and Haley and Audrey. We're getting ready to make three more saints. You all thought it was a really long process. Uh, it's actually a really quick process when we baptize them here at St. John's Church. We're making three more saints today, and we're encouraging them in their lives, parents and godparents. You all are reminding them that their responsibility their calling as baptized Christians, as saints of God, is to do all that they can. Take those vows, those promises that you're about ready to make, take them seriously. And that goes for all of us as well. We're meant to take all of those things that we say seriously. We're meant to act on those things that we say that we believe. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being is one of the promises uh, that we say we will make. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And we will say, I will with God's help. That is how we live out this saintly calling that we have been given. We act on those things that we say that we believe. We can do it in other ways, too. We can live out our saintly calling, our calling to be saints of God by, by supporting institutions and individuals who, who preach and live messages uh, that are aligned with the message of God. I hope that you believe that the work that we do here at St. John's Church is aligned with God's work. I hope that you believe that we in this place are doing God's work. And you can support us in that work by making a pledge, by tithing, by giving your gifts to this wonderful institution. That's one way to do that. Another way that we as Christians, I think, can live out this saintly life is, is how we vote. In a couple of days, if you haven't voted already, we've got a big election ahead of us. Who, who are the people, who are the individuals that you are going to support? Are you going to support people who are spreading messages of love or people who are spreading messages of hate? Are you going to support people who are trying to bind others up or are you going to support those who are trying to unbind? Are you going to support those who are building up or tearing down? The way that you vote is a powerful way to live out your saintly calling. The message that we hear today, this this powerful story from John chapter 11 is a reminder, I think, a reminder that each one of us is called to be God's servants in this world. Each one of us is called to do God's work in this world. Each one of us is called to be saints of God right here, right now. We don't need to wait until we get to heaven. We can be saints now. And when we do that, when we do that, we begin to change the world. Our presiding bishop, and I'll end with this, our presiding bishop loves to say that, that on God's own, he won't. On our own, we can't. But together, with God and with each other, we can change the world. That's our calling as saints of God to work with one another, to work with all of those who are gathered in this place, to work with God to change the world. May it be so in our lives. Amen. Amen.